The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Well, good evening. Hope you are doing well. Welcome to another uh, big edition of WTMJ Nights. Glad you're here. Always more fun when you're involved. 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. You can call. You can text. Either way, you're going to get a hold of us. And if you do call, be nice because Justin will be answering the phone. He's the executive producer of the big broadcast. If you're nice to him, he'll probably put you through to me if you have something to say. If not, who knows? I don't know what kind of mood he's in. Uh, but I am in a great mood. If you want to text, let's start with our text question of the night. Summer is here. It's, oh, it's barbecue season. It's party season. It's 90-degree weather season. The air conditioners are on. This may be a general generational question, but if you go to a party or a barbecue and you bring a bottle uh, or some beers as part of your gift to the host and nobody opens it, do you take it home? So if you bring a bottle or 12-pack a case to a party and they don't open it, is it okay to take that beverage home? I know I'm going to get a different answer. I th Well, I shouldn't say I know. I predict that when I ask Justin to respond to this, I think I know his answer. Go ahead, Justin. Is it okay yo. if you bring... No, no, it's not okay. No, I said yo. My answer, Yo. my answer is yes, right? Like bev, oh, like any kind of drink, I feel like is definitely okay. Really? So if you came to my house, yeah, and you brought, I don't know, I don't know your spirit of choice, yeah, or you brought me a bottle of bourbon, you know, sure. you come to the house, we're having a big cookout, you bring me a bottle of bourbon, I, oh, thanks, Justin, that's fantastic, and I put it on the counter with the, uh, that's with different. Beverages, that might and be it different. Doesn't get opened. I think I think hard a uh, hard liquor might be different than like I don't know like a case of beer or something. It also might just different because of my age. Maybe I feel like since maybe I'm younger, uh, we're not really bringing over like expensive liquor to a friend's house. Like you well, do it doesn't have to be expensive. I mean, and this this is why I said I think it's a generational question because here if you go like even if I'm going to somebody's somebody's house for a barbecue, let's say yeah. I'll ask, is there anything I can bring? And if they say no, then I then I in my mind I go, okay, I'm gonna bring, you know, either beer or I'm gonna bring a bottle of something to give to uh give to the host, you know? And I'm gonna leave it, whether they open it or not, you know, and it doesn't have to be I'm not saying you need to bring me a bottle of Johnny Walker blue. You don't have to drop a couple hundred bucks, but you know, say you spend twenty bucks, you know, maybe it's a maybe it's a case of a case of beer. You think the case of beer goes home with you if they don't open it? I think I think for beer, yes. I mean, I don't know, like here, last week or what it was a couple weeks ago, I went over to my buddy's apartment and I brought over like a thing of whiskey as like just kind of like a gift. It was my first time being at his apartment. I don't know, just like a little Yeah, like a housewarming. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. We didn't we didn't touch it. We we didn't touch it at all, even though we ended up going out that night, like we went to a couple bars, whatever. Uh we didn't touch that whiskey though, and of course I left the whiskey there. Like that is his. Okay. Like yeah, but I think for Memorial Day weekend we did something similar and it was just a case of beers that I brought over. And yeah. we only touched, I think, like maybe half. So I just decided to 
bring the other half home because it was just beer and it was just okay. pretty cheap. So I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of one yeah, foot in, I one see. foot out. It kind of depends for me, I guess. Because I see the, I see the struggle you're having. I liked your answer about the whiskey. That I think was good. Uh, and maybe it is just an age thing. Because if I was your age again, um, probably would have done the same thing with the beer. Now you know. What are I gonna do? Take that, you know. Start pull, putting the bottles from the refrigerator back into the uh, the box. <laughs> I'm taking these with me. No, if I bring them, uh, they're you know I'm bringing them as like a, a donation to the party. Because if I'm bringing some beer, I'm eating your food, I'm doing whatever. Yeah, uh, you know. Okay, exactly. There it is. Uh-huh. But again, if I was 24, 25, I, I I would assume I probably took some beer from a party that I had brought that nobody drank. You know, but now, now it is not. That's why I knew it was going to be uh, kind of a generational thing. Now Taylor says a bottle, yes. Case of beer, yes. And I'll probably be so buzzed up that if they don't eat the food I brought, I'm taking that home too. Wow, Taylor, <laughs> Taylor's not the guy to invite over. He's taking everything. He's taking everything with you. Take it. I brought it, and it's like he brought it just to show. Like, hey, look, brought you this uh, this bottle and uh, this casserole and all that, and I'm. I'm taking it. The minute the minute you turn your back, I'm leaving it going. Jeff says uh, it's partial. It's partially to show off my Yeti, but I usually bring over a cooler of beer. I might bring a few cans back with me, but I certainly wouldn't take all of it back. Taylor jumps back in. Uh, I brought a bottle of something from home that I did not want. I'm leaving it there. That's like a white elephant booze be- gift. Oh my gosh. Uh, from the 414, hi guys, oh my gosh, no, 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 big faux pas. That's from Kathy in Franklin. So if you want to weigh in, we would love to hear you. Uh, if you go to a party or a barbecue and bring a bottle or like a case of beer and it doesn't get opened, is it okay to take it home? That's our text question of the night. We do one of those every time we're here. Sometimes they're serious, sometimes they're fun, sometimes they're just uh, downright goofy. I am a little loopy tonight, uh, Justin. This may surprise you, but you, ha, knowing that your mom is an educator, you've probably seen her on nights like this. Uh, today was field trip day in first grade. Oh, okay. Where'd you go? Uh, well, it was a simple field trip. We just went to a, a big local park. Okay. And the kids all brought their lunch, and then it was like, hey, if the parents want to come and meet us, uh, meet us at the park. That was that. So it was, but it was, uh, you know, over. It was ninety degrees. I was about to say, very, very hot, very sticky hot. today. It was, it was Ugh. a sticky one. Sticky, and I had originally I thought, well, this is only a couple hours. How bad could it be? The answer was quite, because it was, just, it was really hot. And even though there are a lot of parents, the parents decided they weren't going to really like watch their kids. They were all just going to sit in the shade. So the teachers. We all had to stand out in the sun by the playground and everything, by the park, watching the kids while their parents all lounged in the shade. I was like, this seems wrong. If you're coming to something that your kids are at, you should kind of be up and moving about and maybe taking a look. Because there was a, a big pond and the kids, you know, a lot, they all wanted to go to the pond. They wanted to see water. It was, oh, it was so exciting. They've never seen water before, he said facetiously. Uh there's, you know, a fountain blowing up. In there. And there were ducks and a lot of turtles. And first graders, I don't know if you know this, fascinated by turtles. So fascinated by turtles that they, they completely neglect their safety. So I spent about 40 minutes just saying, get off the rocks, get off the rocks, get off the rocks. 
And the kids would just look at me like, Mr. Noob, but there's turtles. Like, yeah, I know there's turtles, but you got to get off the rocks. You can't, I, I can't have you falling in this pond because in reality, I really don't want to go into the pond, to, the pond to get you. I would if I had to. Don't get me wrong. If, you know, one of my first graders takes a header into a pond, I'll jump in and save them. But I don't want to. So it's easier for me to just be a, a nag and tell them to stay out of the pond. So then I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be good. Now, do you remember, have your mom, have you ever been around when your mom came home from field trip, Justin? She teaches, she teaches young kids too. I, oh, I yeah. want to say second grade, but yeah, I think second it's grade. grade. Oh yeah. Her, second grade. Yeah. The okay. first word she'll say is she'll sit down, you know, make a gasp noise and just be like, oof, like one of those, just like long days. Yeah. Um, it's, mm -hmm. Yeah, cause you know what? It's hard enough to corral 22 six-year-olds when they're in one room. Yeah, exactly. But once you let them out in the wild, forget <laughs> about it. Now, the park, for reference, the park is only, I don't know, uh, four, five, maybe six, seven blocks from school. But we took a bus. Because you got to cross train tracks. That's one thing. Plus, it takes us so long to get them just down to lunch that it would have taken us the whole two hours just to walk to the park and back to the park. We would have had no time at the park to eat lunch. So I'm trying to keep these kids out of the water. And then this one dad is there and it's nice to see dads coming, even though I'm like, oh, I wonder, I wonder where they have, uh, by the way, they have some, uh, so much time to be out at a kid's picnic, but they, who knows? I don't know. But anyway, the dad's there and it's one of my students' dads. And I had just walked a bunch of kids around the pond and they had looked at the turtles and blah, blah, blah. And then he comes over with his daughter, my student, and a couple of her, a couple of other little kids. And he like puts a foot in the pond and grabs a turtle. And I'm thinking, what? I'm just, I'm just trying to tell these kids not to touch the turtles and to stay out of the water. And, and you, you go in and grab a turtle and bring it up. So all these, you know, now I know turtles have uh, germs, but the kids have even more germs. And you're gonna let their germs intermingle. And so I was just like, all right, this is, I've had enough. Plus, I was getting sunstroke, so I decided I would just go. I would go stand in the shade for a couple minutes and let the dad. Uh, deal with the keeping the kids off the rocks. But yeah, if you're if you have a child in elementary school, especially primary, kindergarten, first, second, and their teachers are taking them on a field trip, don't wait till teacher appreciation week to say thank you to these teachers cuz it's it is insane. And this one I guess because we didn't have chaperones technically, it was just hey parents, you can meet us there. The parents again had zero interest in taking care of their children. Zero. They uh <laughs> they're like it's hot. Everybody's saying it's hot. Then the kids are screaming that it's hot. And I'm like, you know what? You know what would have been less hot? Us just staying at school. Cause they're all coming, oh it's so hot. I'm like, yeah, you know where it wasn't hot? In our air conditioned room. We could have stayed there. Well no. And then one kid kept complaining that we didn't have popsicles. Just like you do, Justin. People don't know this, but every time we have a show together, you complain that I don't bring popsicles. Why are there no popsicles? You know, it's very hot. Why, why can't we have some popsicles? I'm like, you're a grown man. Bring, bring your own popsicles. But no. 
from the 414, I'm older, 63. There's no way I would take the booze and beer back with me. That's Joan from Greendale. That's our text question tonight. We got a lot to get to. The president lived out every old person's horror story today. We'll talk about that and so much more. It's WTMJ Nights. All right, noon in WTMJ Nights, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. Our text question of the night is, since it is barbecue and party season, if you go to a party or barbecue and you bring a bottle or a case of beer and it doesn't get opened, is it okay to take it home? So far, it seems uh, overwhelmingly people are saying, no, not really. Uh, from uh, Judy B, I always leave what I bring to a party unless the host is overwhelmed with too much food and drink. Um, Jeff says, I busted out my lavender pants and wore them to work today, but I would not have done so if I had been on standby to pull children out of a turtle pond. No, Jeff, I did not wear, uh, I did not wear lavender pants to the field trip. I had on shorts and a school t-shirt so I could identify myself as not a creepy old man, just lingering around the playground waiting for children no i actually looked i looked official so no you can't you can't wear lavender pants if you might have to fish a kid out of a turtle pond uh today i felt very sorry for the president because he lived what every old person fears the most falling down did you see the footage the president was doing the commencement at the air force academy in colorado earlier today and he had been on stage for a long time uh, like over an hour reading, uh, reading the names and doing the, doing the things, um, helping the, you know, giving out the diplomas and all that. And he turned to leave and he tripped and he didn't just stumble. He went down and all of a sudden there were two secret service guys there and somebody from the, uh, air force Academy and they got him up and he walked back to his seat. And as he was walking, he, he turned around quick and he pointed at something, which Everybody is saying, oh, he pointed at a sandbag, uh, and two sandbags, they said, were moved. They had been there for the teleprompters. They weren't there when he got up. So so the, the word is that he tripped on these sandbags, but he turned and he pointed. Just like if you or I were to be walking down the sidewalk and we trip, we're going to turn around and look. And even if there's nothing there, we're gonna make we're gonna try to acknowledge that uh, oh there was a crack in the sidewalk or you know a stick or I slipped on a banana peel or the you know the ants tried to trip me like Gulliver's Travels it'd be something like that. But so I watched the video one time and it looked like I was watching the people who were sitting in the front row right behind right behind where the president would be like where the faculty and the VIPs and everybody sit and it looked like. The first row, the people were laughing at him. But then I was like, oh, my God, how horrible. First of all, our natural inclination, and I know this sounds bad, but be honest, your natural inclination if somebody trips is to laugh. Then you go, then immediately after that, you go, oh, my gosh, are you okay? But the first inclination is to laugh. So I thought that's what was happening after the president fell, they were laughing and then they were going to go, oh my God, the president fell. But it, but he was yapping the whole way back after he stood up and pointed at the alleged sandbag. He was talking to them and pointed. And so they were laughing at what he was saying, not at him outwardly. They may still have been laughing at him inwardly. But that's scary. Justin, you're a young man. You don't know the fear. When you get to a certain age, that's all you worry about is falling down. Yeah, no. Like I had to sit, you I had to sit on the grass today. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I sat in the grass to eat my lunch, and I didn't know if I would get up. It was terrifying, and I, <laughs> I voluntarily went down. But when you get to a certain age, like the president's 80. 80-year-olds, 80 that's all they're, that's they're I, listen, I know he's running the country and all, but I guarantee in the back of the president's mind, every time he stands up, he's like, oh, man, I hope I don't fall down. I do that every winter. Every winter when it gets icy, my entire world revolves around not falling down, and I'm nowhere near as old as the president. But it was, he went and he went down. It looked he went down pretty hard, but he did, he did push himself up right away. And then, of course, Secret Service and the, and the Air Force Academy guy swooped in to help him up. But uh, yeah, all of us, and you never, you lose all vibrancy. Once you trip, if you're 80 and, you know, the president uh, projects, you know, the image he projects, but once you fall, everybody remembers you're 80 and they're like, oh man, I hope he didn't break a hip. I hope he didn't break his knee. I, you know, fell down because nothing good comes from falling down. When was the last time you fell down, Justin? Long time ago. It's Sports. Well, sure. See sports. You're young. You have balance. You have equilibrium. You fall down because somebody's hitting you. That's that's a whole different story. Imagine imagine getting to the age, Justin, where just walking down the street, you could just tip over. It's horrifying. <laughs> One minute you're upright. You're you're fine. You're looking at the horizon. You're looking listening to birds chirping. The next minute you're like, oh God, Face here plant. I go, <laughs> and here comes the concrete. It's terrifying. Terrifying. Ah, so I, I'm glad that the White House is saying, no, 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 don't worry. The president's fine. Everybody's okay. Uh, he's fine. He didn't respond to questions about it as he left Colorado, probably because he was like, one, embarrassed, and two, couldn't wait to get on Air Force One to get some ice bags on his knees and stuff. And I don't blame him. All right, we got to do this. Then we'll come back. It'll be news time. A lot to do. It's WTMJ Nights. <laughs> Ryan Noonan, WTMJ Nights. We're here until 8 o'clock tonight. Then it's Brewers Weekly with Dominic Catronio. If you want to get involved in the program, we'd love to have you. 855-616-1620, the Old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. Uh, but don't get so old that you fall down. That's that's what we've learned. I just so Why do I picture, Justin, uh, if you saw, if, if the footage was me walking down a fall, I, I just picture you rolling on the floor. Just <laughs> laughing until you were passed out. I do laugh at others' pain. I'll give you I that. Don't li You're not alone. <laughs> I'm not, I won't cast judgment on you for that because there's been times, you know, I've watched people fall down, uh, laughed. I've seen people get hit in the head with tree branches, um, laughed. But then I always check on them. I'm always concerned. But you know what I'm not concerned about? I'm concerned about the people who man the WTMJ 24-hour news center because they are on the ball. That's where Jessica Gatso is. She's ready to go. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. Glad you're with us. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line if you want to jump in. Are you a person that uses profanity? Or if you hear someone using profanity, are you quick to judge? The reason I ask is, while I do not use profanity in this job, I have been known to weave a tapestry of profanity, if I may uh, paraphrase a Christmas story, uh, quite often. I enjoy 
swearing. I think, uh, you know, I think it, it used correctly, it can be helpful, can be effective in getting a message across. It can inspire fear or submission in some people. Uh, Justin, do you swear? You seem like a very uh, nice, clean-cut American Richie Cunningham kind of uh, ge gentleman. Do yeah, no. Yeah, I, I definitely got a bad potty mouth. Nice. Uh -huh. Good for you. Yeah. We kind of embrace it, it. Yeah, it definitely. It's a family thing for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, we just that's how we talk in our family, I guess. The whole family swears. Yeah, I mean, ever since I was a little, like yelling is kind of how we communicate, and obviously, cur <laughs> curse words fall into that here and oh, there. Yeah. So, yeah, this is exciting. We always get a little, we always get a little <laughs> therapy talk from Justin until his mom calls in and shuts it all down. This is <laughs> we're gonna have to see. It's uh, no, I'm. My family the same. It's funny. My dad, my dad always swore. Uh, my mom didn't really, but then if she did, it was such a huge, crazy thing. We would be That's shocked. Funny. <laughs> That's funny. You know. <laughs> now she'll she still doesn't really swear, but she will. And when she does, it's like she gets a weird, naughty little pleasure out of it because she'll she'll give a little look when she's about to swear. Whereas with me, it kind of rolls out. You know. And I think my daughter has picked that up as well. But people, and I, re I remember almost nothing from high school. Uh, I went, I, so I remember going, that's one thing. I remember leaving, that was the second thing. And I remember my freshman year English teacher. I went to a Catholic high school, an all-boys high school, and... My freshman year English teacher was a priest, Father Stan Wisniewski, and he was about four feet tall and three and three quarters feet wide. He was almost, he was almost a round human being. Um, and in the, and he smoked and he drank and every summer he would go out to Reno and work there. So he was, you know, he had some character. He wasn't, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't some boring milquetoast priest. And he said something that I, th I think about a lot and I, I have come to disagree with him. And I think science may back me up. He said, Vulgarity, profanity is the linguistic crutch of the ignorant. Profanity is the linguistic crutch of the ignorant. And I say BS to that. Because science has backed me up. And you know we love to back up science here. Um, well, they say the common misconception is that swearing is considered a vulgar sign of low intelligence and education because if you had command of the english language why would you need to sully yourself with such horrible words oh uh, but according to prof a professor emeritus of psychology at the massachusetts college of liberal arts who has studied swearing for more than 40 years I wonder if that was something he went to his career, his high school career day or his college career counselor went, I'm thinking of becoming a professor. Is that right? Yes, I've, I've decided what I want to devote my entire life's work to. Really? What is that? Swearing. All right, are you drunk? No, I've, I've given this a lot of thought. I want to study swearing. He studied it for 40 years. 
The benefits of swearing have just emerged in the last two decades as a result of a lot of research on brain and emotion, along with much better technology to study brain anatomy. Justin, I have a feeling you and your family are going to love this. Because if yeah. you're like my, it sounds like you're like my family. Uh -huh. We toss these words around. It means we're smarty pantses. That's right. Mm. Cursing may be a sign of intelligence. Um, according to this study, well-educated people with plenty of words at their disposal were better at coming up with curse words than those who were less verbally fluent. I know I do that. I love to take a curse word and expand it with some adjectives. Uh, I like to string some curse words together to create a sort of super strain of swear words. So I believe that's a, a good sign of intelligence. Participants were asked to list as many words that start with F, A, or S in one minute. We should do that for you, Justin. Uh, another <laughs> minute was devoted to coming up with the curse words that start with these letters. The study found that those who came up with the most F, A, and S words also produced the most swear words. And according to the scientists, that's a sign of intelligence to the degree that language is correlated with intelligence. Uh, people that are good at language are good at generating a swearing vocabulary. Yes, sir, Bob. Uh, Taylor jumping in after he's taken all the food home from the parties. Taylor says, I swear that I swear more than the average person and way more than I should. I enjoy it thoroughly. If I hear kids swearing, I'm judging parenting skills. I would agree. Um, if kids are if kids are swearing in front of their parents, parents, you know, I will judge them if the parents don't try to stop them. But if they're young hoods out just running around, you figure that's their, you know, if you're 14 and you're out riding your bike with your buddies and you guys are swearing, it's it's just a way of feeling mature that you're growing up and now you can say these words that you know if you went home, your mom or dad would uh, would have to put. Uh, a bar of soap in your mouth. From the 414, sorry to say, but I have to agree with the priest. Fair enough. And I, you know, I, I understand that. I think there is a time and a place for swearing. And I am not opposed to uh, using those times or places. Gail from Wauwatosa says, I actually cringe when people swear. My father, and I am 70, always said that profanity showed your lack of intelligence. Sure has changed over the years, but I still have a problem when people swear when speaking to me. Do think it is especially poor role modeling in front of children. Yeah, I also think I also think that you need to know, and and we'll get we'll get into this in one of the um, one of the findings is you have to be intelligent enough to know when you can swear and when you can't. If I'm speaking to, um, you know, if I'm if I'm speaking to Gail, who's a seventy year old woman, that pretty good chance I would say ninety nine point nine five percent chance. I'm not swearing in front of her. But if, you know, if I'm with Justin and we're debating, you know, his sushi dinner from the food court, I may, uh, you know, a couple words may pop out here and there. Uh, Jeff wants to know if Samuel L. Jackson is a Rhodes Scholar. I don't know, because a lot of those I think he's reading. But another sign, that, uh, you know, a benefit of swearing is swearing may be a sign of honesty. What do you think of that, Justin? Do you think you're more honest because you swear? Huh, how so? 
Well, let me tell you. Thank you for asking. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, science has also found a positive link between profanity and honesty. People who curse lied less on an interpersonal level and had higher levels of integrity overall. That's according to a series of three studies that were published in 2017. Huh. Yes. Huh. Yes, yes. When you're honestly expressing your emotions with powerful words, then you're going to come across as more honest. Now, a higher rate of profanity may be associated with honesty. Um, the authors of these studies caution that the findings should not be interpreted to mean that the more the person uses profanity, the less likely he or she would engage in more serious, unethical, or immoral behaviors. So just because you swear doesn't make you honest. But people who swear have tended in these studies to be more honest. Um, from the 262, I think you misunderstood the texter's point. I'm pretty sure he was commenting that kids who swear are doing so because they're imitating the vocabulary of their parents. That could be. Uh, I, would still, I would still stand by my point that if kids are alone, especially if they're teens or something, and they're alone and they're swearing, it's not appropriate in most... Because teens are teens aren't smart enough to realize where they should swear and where they shouldn't. I think it's bad. Uh, I think if if they're swearing in front of their parents and their parents don't correct it, that is a reflection on the parents. Um, and yes, children will children will learn from their parents by listening to them. That's why it's it's always funny when you hear parents of toddlers who finally realize that oh man we you know we shouldn't swear in front of our kid because two year olds three year olds. They're sponges. And then all of a sudden, you know, you beep your horn in the car, and all of a sudden from the car seat in the back, you hear somebody calling somebody a name that a three-year-old really shouldn't be really shouldn't be talking about. Then you have to have that conversation. Oh, boy. All right, some more benefits of swearing. And do you judge people who swear? Is this, is this swaying you a little bit, or are you still saying no? If you, uh, if you use profanity, you are not bright, you are not educated, and you are a person of poor, poor character. 855-616-1620, Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. Swearing, it's not just for the ignorant or the uneducated anymore. No, science is saying, hey, there's some benefits. One of them being, uh, it's a sign of intelligence, sign of honesty. It improves pain tolerance, which we all knew. Come on. If you're if you hurt yourself, you can make yourself feel better by swearing. Uh, if you're trying to work out and maybe you need to uh maybe you need to get that last rep in, that might be that might be what it takes to push through. Go ahead, drop that F bomb. That's what's gonna work. Um People on bikes who swore while pedaling against resistance had more power and strength than people who used neutral words, according to studies. Research also found that people who cursed while squeezing a hand vice were able to squeeze harder and longer. And um, it doesn't just help your endurance. It helps with pain tolerance. But they also warn, hey, listen, don't overdo it because, like anything, the more you swear, the less effect it will have. You know, so if you hit your thumb with a hammer and you yell something, it may help that pain to dissipate a little bit. 
but because it reduces it, it um, releases a stress response, is what they say. Um, and then it initiates the body's defensive reflex. The adrenaline increases, uh, your heart rate and your breathing go up, and then you're not thinking about the pain anymore. So there you go. There's another benefit of swearing. And uh, this is why we swear, Justin. This is at least what I'm going to tell the bosses if we ever get in trouble. Uh, swearing appears to be centered in the right side of the brain, which is where, yes, all the creativity comes from. Scientists say that there have been people who have had strokes on the right side of their brain. They become less emotional, less able to understand and tell jokes, and they tend to stop swearing even if they swore like a crazy person before that. So it also helps us stay out of fights because we swear and then... Uh, we don't, you know, you can swear at somebody across the street or in the car, and you're not going to, uh, you're not going to fight them. So all these things, all these benefits of swearing, a uh, number of people jumping in, a lot of people saying that it's just that you have to know your audience, and I agree with that 100%. You have to know your audience. I get school, I don't swear either. Well, obviously, I don't swear in front of the kids, but I'm also not, you know, if I'm in, uh, if I'm in a meeting, I'm not going to let something slip out. You got to be professional. You have to know where you're going. Uh, that from the 414. For me, it's more of a case of know your audience. Peggy from Waukesha says, you have to know your audience to be a proper swearer. I learned to be fluent in it while working in surgery at a hospital. Um, from the 262, I think all these studies justifying swearing is a bunch of BS. I see what you did there. Uh, Jeff said, when I was a child, I lost television privileges for two days per curse word. Uh-oh. And the only, the only off-color words with uh, which I could get away with were in commercials for feminine and other products. So I was frequently calling people I didn't like Massengills and Summer's Eves. Taylor, uh, Taylor asks if, um, I don't know. Taylor wants to know if other things are more intense if you're swearing. How come all the... How come all the high school dropouts use F-bombs every other word? I don't know. That's a good question. Some people are just lazy. But I don't know. we got to go with science. That according to these studies, when they ask people to come up with regular words and then with swear words, if you could do both, if you could correlate, uh, if you could come up with a lot of words on both sides, you were deemed to be more intelligent. Uh, Connie says, I don't swear often when my child was a toddler out of frustration. I said the D word maybe three times in her three years, but one Sunday at church, sitting near the front where the pastor was preaching, so it was quiet, she bonked her head. Suddenly, she loudly let out the D word. I reacted, and it was a string of D words as I grabbed her and ran out of church. <laughs> oh, Connie, I don't mean to laugh, but it's, yeah, it is hilarious. That's what you need. That's what you need. Uh, you're gonna just, um, you know, a little a little kid swearing is like a really old person swearing. There's something funny about it. Four years in the military in the uh, Marine Corps had to watch my language. In the Marine Corps, or when you got out of the Marine Corps, I would imagine. I would imagine when you got out of the Marine Corps, you had to watch your language a little more than uh, than in the Marine Corps. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just a. Uh, Maybe that's some sort of uh, stereotype that we think, uh, you know, everybody in the service from watching, you know, the drill sergeants in the movies. 
Uh, my grandma and mom both always threatened to wash out my mouth with soap if I ever swore in their households, regardless of circumstances. I am from the generation that still got their mouth washed out with soap. You never had to do that, did you, Justin? Mouth wash out with soap? Yep. Oh, yeah, that happened to me. Did you really? Oh, yeah, big See, time. I thought that went away. I thought, uh, you know, people stopped doing that. It no, yeah, Pro probably now, but when I was a kid, yeah, definitely. Okay. I never understood it. Uh, it was it was just gross, just horrible. But didn't stop me from swearing either. So <laughs> me neither. There you go. Yeah, maybe I just developed a taste for soap. <laughs> I just eat two bars of dial a week. That's what I do. All right, we got to do this, and then there's more. It's WTMJ nights. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Welcome, welcome. 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. Jump in if you want. We started the show with our text question of the night. If you go to a party or a barbecue and you bring a bottle or a case of beer, they don't get opened is it okay to take it home? That's our text question of the night. We've been talking about that and swearing and so many other things. But now, uh, here's something that's really... Ten years ago, we wouldn't have had to worry about this, but we do now. I don't know if you saw the verdict. Amazon has agreed to pay more than $30 million to settle two federal lawsuits alleging it violated users' privacy through its Alexa voice assistant and its Ring doorbell cameras. Raise your hand if you are shocked by this. No one has raised their hand. Yes. How did you, how, this is, I have not uh, had any of those things in my home. I, from the time uh, Alexa or Siri or any of them came out, I was like, no, I'm not going to have these things in my house eavesdropping on me. Now, I'm not dumb enough to know that things aren't listening to me all the time. You know, I've... I've said something to my wife about name a product. And all of a sudden, hey, look, what a shock. All the ads that come up on social media are for that product. All the sidebar ads on stories that I'm reading on the Internet have those products listed. Uh, I look at, a, uh, you know, you click on one ad for something, you're always going to see the same thing. So I, I get it. But why make it easier? That's always been my point. So... The settlement was with the Federal Trade Commission, highlights claims that Amazon retained Ring videos and Alexa voice recordings for years despite requests by consumers for the data to be deleted. Now, why do you think they would keep all that data? Hmm, I don't know. To sell us more stuff, that's why. And to use it in some, you know, that's why you can never have those things in your house and murder your spouse because something's always listening. Um, yeah, the FTC also claimed that lax data policies at Amazon meant that the information could often be accessed by unauthorized parties. Uh, Amazon released a statement saying, while we disagree with the FTC's claims regarding both Alexa and Ring and deny violating the law, these settlements put these matters behind us. Do you, um, do you ever buy that? And I'm not singling out Amazon on this. But they're the, they're the who we're talking about. They're the who. They're the company we're talking about. Uh, you know, you go, all right, listen, we, we didn't do anything wrong, but we're going to pay out $30 million just to make it go away. Hey, you might have done something. 
Because where there's smoke, there's fire. Do you have uh, Do you have an Alexa or a Siri at your house, Justin? Yeah, we got a couple Alexas. Do you really? Yeah, my mom went through that phase, like, honestly, probably a couple years, like, too late. Like, you know when Amazon, like, got huge, or Amazon, pardon me, Alexa got huge? Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, three years after that. <laughs> she got, like, one for her basement, our living room, one for her really? room upstairs, like... Yeah, she she went over this. What do you use them for? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, my like my mom has like alarms on there. Uh I I don't know. Like music, I guess. Like when her friends come over, she'll put it on like party mode and like music will play throughout the house. I don't know. Yeah, it, like weather questions, together? I guess. Yeah, yeah. Start getting yeah, start getting liquored up and complaining about their students. I get it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But see, now, now she's got to be terrified. Uh, all those things she said about those students, they might have been harvesting that data. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Could come back to haunt her. And like, what do, what do people think chat AI is doing, right? It's definitely the same, same thing. thing. Exactly. And honestly, probably much worse. Did you see that the uh, founders of ChatGPT, along with a lot of other AI people, were like, we need to pump the brakes on this because this could end really, really <laughs> badly. This just came out the yeah. other day. Oh, I yeah. saw it on, I think I was watching Good Morning America as I was getting ready to go to school. And they were like, yeah, they were talking about how it could end up where the human race becomes like Wally mm-hmm. from the from the Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. So when the people who created it are like, hey, we need to slow our roll a little bit uh, because this, this is going to end really badly for humans. I'm going to take their word for it because they're the ones who invented the monster. And if they think the monster is getting loose... We better lock that monster down. But yeah, I I know I can be tracked. You know, I have I have a phone in my pocket just like everybody else. I know if I use uh, an iPass on the tollway, I can be tracked. But I wasn't going to bring anything extra into the house, so this does not surprise me at all that uh, they were saving this data and going through it and pulling out keywords and you know using it to target ads and everything else. And now my daughter had my daughter had a ring doorbell when she lived not like now she's in an apartment building. So, you know, there's a front desk and she's inside, but she lived in New Orleans in a uh, a shotgun house. So, you know, there was just the porch. People could walk up to the front door and knock or ring the bell. So she uh, she wanted a ring doorbell and I will say they they're easy to install and they do work but then yeah all this video footage uh of people walking by or you coming up to your house or you know when they when somebody rings a bell and you go yeah who is that oh it's uh it's me i'm just uh, at your door i know i'm looking at you very freaky so that was uh there you go so beware don't make it any easier for the world to uh for the world to track you and for your information to be out there because it's just it's too much uh getting a number of responses to our text question of the night which is if you go to a party or a barbecue and you bring a bottle or a case of beer and it doesn't get opened is it okay to bring it home uh from the 913 you bring it it's the hosts if the host offers to send it back with you because they won't eat or drink the item then it's yours again okay take a bottle leave it as a thank you to the host from the 262 uh, for another 262 number, if I take something to a party, I believe the proper thing to do is leave it there afterwards as a show of your appreciation. Unless, of course, they tell you to take it home. 
If I do leave it there, uh, it makes me mad and I swear all the way home. There you go. You know why? Because you're intelligent and creative and honest, 262. That is exactly why you would do that. All right. I don't know if you know this, but T. Swift, that's Taylor Swift. You know her. She's coming to Chicago this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah, she is. yeah, she is. She's on the Big Eras tour. You know that. <laughs> dropping those, dropping those albums. Taylor's version. We know all the Swifties are all up. Swifties in our are big... coming to Chicago. All the Swifties are on their out of their minds. How out of their minds? This could be the most disturbing thing I've heard. What is it? Hang on. I'll tell you in a second. WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan. WTMJ Nights, 855-616-1620. It's the old National Bank talking text line. Oh, my goodness. All right. If you have not lived under a rock, you know that Taylor Swift is on tour. Uh, The Eras Tour, she hasn't been on tour in a while. She is out. She is selling out stadiums across the country. Everywhere she goes, the Swifties are out of their minds. There was a huge problem when tickets went on sale a few months ago. Ticketmaster has come under fire. They're being sued. It's, oh, my goodness. But Taylor Swift invades Chicago this weekend. But in advance of that, some disturbing story coming out, or a disturbing story coming out about the extent that some of her fans are going to to enjoy the show. Uh, now, we, I said this, and we got off the air just as like, is it the ticket prices? And no, it's not the ticket prices, despite the fact that the ticket prices are insane. Now, there's you can't go through Ticketmaster and just buy tickets now. So you have to go on the secondary market, which you know is a ripoff. For example, if you wanted to sit Friday night in Chicago, if you wanted to sit behind the stage in the 300 level, Again, this is behind the stage. The cheapest ticket on one of the secondary sites is $1,263. Behind the stage. If you want to sit in a 400-level seat, this this ticket is almost the opposite end of Soldier Field, where the concert's going to be. It is the 400 level. Which is all, like, if you haven't been to Soldier Field, like, <laughs> that is, not, like, you are it out is of, you are very out of breath by the time you're out there. <laughs> and you need to duck when planes come in to land at O'Hare. Uh, it is high up. And this is, now granted, all right, this is row five in that section, but you're still high up. Justin, what do you think this ticket's going for? At, le- at least 2000 Oh, you boy, you ain't getting anywhere near this seat for 2000 You're smoking crack-a-roo. $5,130. Oh, my God. For, for comparison, if I wanted to sit at the NBA Finals game tonight and I wanted to sit in row six of section 368 at uh, the home of the Denver Nuggets, what do you think that would cost me? I, I, I cheated a little. I looked it up, but it's like roughly like four hundred, right? Something yep, like, like that. Yeah, like four hundred, four hundred thirty-one dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's not the most. That's not the most disturbing phenomenon of this Taylor Swift tour. And I listen. I don't. I don't mind Taylor Swift. 
I am not as emotionally invested in Taylor Swift as, say, my daughter, who is going to the concert tomorrow because she got through on the day of the initial sale and paid face value. And I can't even remember what she paid, but it was redunculous. She's, uh, but she's going to see T-Swift tomorrow. Uh, she's so excited about it that we have to watch her dog because she's not sure when she'll get back uh, or if she'll get back. I don't know. So she's dropping her dog. Um, all right. How far do you think some people are going to not miss a single song during Taylor Swift's era tour? Don't guess. I'll tell you. Uh, some of these young ladies are wearing diapers. There's been a lot of TikTok videos. There's been a lot of scuttlebutt on the internet. Women are wearing adult diapers to go to see Taylor Swift so that they don't have to leave at all during the show, and they don't want to take the chance of having an accident, so they're wearing diapers. There have been videos. I saw one. It was a, a tad disturbing of a young woman having another young woman help her strap into an adult diaper. I didn't know it was that complicated a thing. I thought they had pull-ups like they do for toddlers if you needed an adult diaper system. But um, obviously, this is uh, this is insane. Now, I understand, ladies, if you go to a big event, the lines at the, at the ladies' rooms are long. I was at an event last week where it was flipped. It was a beer festival, and actually the men's room line was much longer than the women's line, and that's because of the demographic of that beer festival. So I'm guessing there will be almost no line near the men's room. So you could do, you know, you could probably use both. You run in. I get not wanting to miss a song, but there is nothing that I would do that I thought to myself, I can't take a break. I'm going to have to wear a diaper. Because unless you're taking your toddler daughter to see Taylor Swift, and if you are, we need to talk because you have a lot of disposable income and maybe we could hang out. But there is nothing that I would do. And there's no reason for you to, <laughs> to wear a diaper. I, Justin, you're, you're a sports guy. Think of it. Even if you went to the Super Bowl or you went to the NBA Finals game tonight, is there any sporting event that you would attend where you thought, I could not bear to miss a second? I must strap on my Depends and stew in my own juice during the fourth quarter. Yeah, no, that's disgusting. Because, like... <laughs> <laughs> That's that's all. That's commitment. That's something. <laughs> well, it's something, all right. It's some sort of uh, I don't know cognitive damage. I, I believe. feel yeah. I feel bad for the person sitting next to them. <laughs> oh my god! And then what do you do now? You're say you're a twenty eight year old woman, and you've soiled yourself so that you didn't have to miss a love song when Taylor Swift did it, or or one of her other many hits. Again. This is nothing against Taylor Swift. This is against the lunacy of some of her fans. But imagine now you walk out and you're either with your cadre of female friends, more Swifties, your little hive of Swifties, or maybe you're with a date. And now you have to excuse yourself to go and take off your filled up diaper. 
Her concerts are long too. If I like, like it's definitely I'm not gonna say worth the money, but she she says like 40 songs, like 30 songs. So it's oh, yeah, definitely no. a while. So that's that's tough. But a diaper that's that's a little aggressive. I've seen Springsteen a couple times for almost three hour shows, uh-huh. um, and I I love Springsteen. But if I really need to go, I'm gonna go. You know, I've been to. I also, I also know that if I listen, there's an opening act. Maybe don't, maybe you know, don't have a cosmopolitan between the opening act and the uh, and T Swifty. Maybe you know, lay off the uh, the white claws. If the, I'm guess, I'm guessing there's a lot of uh, white claws and uh, hard seltzer sales at this. I don't see a lot of um, Taylor Swift fans doing shots and then drinking, you know, a six pack of Blatts out in the parking lot. No different than New Year's Times Square. I guess that's true, 414. Uh, I wouldn't do that either. There's nothing. Now, we, my wife and I joked about it at Mardi Gras because once the parade started, we're on a float. And once the parade started, it's a long ride. Um, and we joked about it, but there's no chance I'm wearing a diaper. I, I sent this article to my daughter. And I was like, hey, uh, you know, I hope... I hope your common sense is going to prevail. She did not respond to this text. So I'm, I, but I don't think I'm not going to ask her if she wore a diaper to the show tomorrow night. I will ask. But we also have to do this. There's a lot of, there are a lot of things we have to know. It's WTMJ Nights. Man, man, just thinking about all these uh, young ladies going to see Taylor Swift. Again, it, it's, it's not against Taylor Swift. Nothing against Taylor Swift. But I would hope I would hope at some point she would she would read some of these stories about uh, people wearing diapers to her show and go you know what uh, I've been doing the doing the show about two hours we're gonna take a fifteen minute uh, break now not that that would be enough for the thousands of Swifties to use the bathroom but um, you know I don't think I've ever been to a show where I felt like I couldn't miss one song you know most of us. There's got to be one song, no matter how much you love an artist, there's got to be one song that you go, ah, you know what, I can listen to this on my way to and from the bathroom. Now, granted, it probably takes longer in the women's room, like I said before. But how long can it take? I don't know. But yeah, they're all wearing, they're all wearing their diapers. So three shows in Chicago. I think my daughter also got tickets to go to Detroit. She's nuts with this. Uh, I was like, "Isn't one? Isn't once enough?" She said, "No, one one time on a t- on this tour is not enough." I don't understand. You know, she said, "You don't understand." She hasn't toured in years, and she's dropping a new album, which is an old album. It's just now her, she re-recorded the albums. But either way, I wonder if Jessica now, and I won't ask her because Jessica is a respected news person. I'm not going to ask her, but Justin, you can ask her, uh, and then text me the answer. Uh, if there was a breaking news story that she was afraid she couldn't miss, would Jessica result resort to that behavior? I hope not, because right now she's in the <laughs> WTMJ 24-hour breaking news center. Jessica Gatso reporting just the facts, none of these stupid stories that I talk about. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights, here until 8 o'clock. Then it is Brewers Weekly with Dominic Catronio. So stay tuned for that. A lot of Brewers games in the next week. 
So uh, you'll have to check the schedule to see where we're at. You can always go to Brian Noonan Show on Facebook to see when uh, we're going to be here and where else we'll be. Who knows? Uh, holiday today that we had not uh, celebrated before. I didn't even know. it was. Na- it's National Game Show Day. That's right. National Game Show Day. Uh, if you've ever been on a game show, I'd love to hear from you. 855-616-1620 because I love game shows. I love we record um, the weakest link. We record uh, the wall. I don't know if you've seen that one. Those are both on NBC. I love Jeopardy. I'm not. I'm still not sold on Wheel of Fortune. Um, my wife likes Wheel of Fortune. She turned it. You know, it's on. She'll turn it on while I'm making dinner or whatever. Um, and I get it, but. It just see I, I don't know why people love Wheel of Fortune. Are you game? Do you like game shows, Justin, or are you just strictly sports? Yeah, no game shows for sure. Family Feud is my number one. Like I'll, I'll you like Family Feud? Oh yeah, I'll turn that on. Like when I'm working nights, I'll always turn that on during lunch, like at twelve o'clock when I'm eating lunch. That's that's what yeah. I'll turn on. Uh huh. Now is that Steve Harvey still hosting yeah. that, or do you oh, yeah. watch like an old version? No, it's it's Steve Harvey. Yeah, he's he's awesome. I I love it. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I know saw why, the, but it, it's it's awesome. No, there's nothing wrong with it. I I used to when it first came on back in the day with Richard Dawson. That's who. Yeah, it. that's who it was. Uh huh. Richard yep, Dawson. Richard Dawson was uh, was that I you know game shows. If you stayed home from school. In you know grade school or high school back the, back in the day it was pretty much all game shows. Price is Right, Let's Make a Deal, um, Family Feud, Press Your Luck, Wild Cards, all these all these things. And then these game show hosts became a pretty big celebrities. You know there were a handful of guys: Wink Martindale, Chuck Woolery, uh, obviously Pat Sajak. Some other guys, and they were just that was that was what they did. Bob Barker became a huge, huge icon for oh, yeah. the prices right. Uh I never I mean I watched I would watch the prices right because again, if you're a, a boy back when there were when you didn't have a million cable channels and there was no sports on and you didn't want to watch a soap opera, you had to watch the prices right. And it was fun, you know, it's okay. Not my favorite game show. I used to love the original Let's Make a Deal with Monty Hall where people would wear costumes and they'd go crazy. And you're trying to guess what, you know, oh, do I take what's in the box or what's behind the curtain, Monty? I don't know. And then maybe you want a car, maybe you want a goat. It was, um, it's a whole big thing. I'm not a fan of the game show, like the reality game show, like Big Brother and those kind of game shows. I do the only the only one, and I, I I hesitate to even call it a game show, even though it is, uh, the Amazing Race. That's that's the only modern day like competition game show, reality game show that I like. I don't know. Have you ever seen that, Justin? The Amazing a, Race. A, yeah. Yeah, I did when I was a couple years ago. Deal or No Deal was a big one for me. Um, right. Wipeout. If you count that, I think that's in the same category as I, Amazing Race. I love Wipeout, and I love what's the uh, what's the mini golf one? Um, have you seen that one? Uh, oh, Steph Curry produced it. Oh, well, I I gotta I gotta get the name of this. It is a so Wipeout I love because it's that giant obstacle course where they're getting they're getting slammed with uh, giant sausages and um, 
all kinds of things. And they always, what I, what I love is they're taping these. You can tell they're taping these in um, the winter in California because you see people wearing, uh, you see people wearing winter coats. You see the steam coming out of their mouth. Holy moly is the game, the mini golf one. Have you ever watched that? That would be right up your alley, Justin. -uh. It's sports. It's sports and a game show. Okay. It's extreme mini golf. Okay. What was like? There's one where they they have to putt through a burning building. Okay. Interesting. It's insane. What was that? Oh, oh, it's coming to me. Minute to win it. Minute to win it. Oh, that was a good one. one. That was like that took over like birthday parties. Like that was like you had like sixty seconds to do like. Some like a little activity. I don't know if it, it was like stacking something or count. Like I don't. I don't know. But minute to win it. That was a good one. I've, I'm just looking this up. It, it like people were doing it at game like yeah like, parties and stuff like yeah like like it was 60 seconds and you basically did like a little obstacle. It was something like that. Um, and I know Dwayne Wade has a new show that's very similar to Minute to Win It. I it's like the Cube. I think it's something really? like that. Yeah, it's, yeah I haven't it's seen good. that one. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna have to check. I offended a, I offended somebody in the nine two zero. They said Survivor <laughs> is the best game show. Okay, yeah, Survivor is def. That's a really, really good one. I Hell's I Kitchen too. That's early. I, yeah, I think I think these are all like it's a separate category of game yeah. shows. It's like reality game show is a little different, I think. Like reality yes. t- TV game shows where you got Survivor, Hell's Kitchen, uh, wh- whatever you said earlier. Um, uh, Amazing Race. Amazing Race, yeah. Big Brother. Exactly, yeah. Those, the Bachelor and the Bachelorette. And those are, are better. Basically I, game think, shows. I think those are more addicting to watch than like regular game shows. I can't, like I said, I watched probably the first four seasons of Survivor. Okay, and a lot of it, and, and this is with this is with other shows too. It they're cool at the beginning mm-hmm. because nobody has done them before, but when you get to season ten, and it's it, I I do this on the Amazing Race too, where you can tell people have been fans of the game, and now they think they know how to play it, and they're they're working angles, and it's like <laughs> eh, it, it loses some of its some of its thing. I watch the Amazing Race mostly for the locations. Oh yeah. Where I could yeah. I go, ooh, that's a place I'd like to visit her. Oh my god, I would never go there and drink bat vomit. Mm-hmm. That's never gonna happen. I'm not uh, I'm not going there. Um so yeah, it, it is national I've actually uh I don't know, Amazing Race is like thirty six seasons and you like I do. I like I like the Amazing Race for the places, for the locales. I hate ninety eight I hate ninety eight percent of the contestants on there. <laughs> I do not like the people. There's the last few seasons, I can't find anybody to root for. I'm usually hoping that by the end there is a, a train wreck and all of the all of the contestants are gone. I used to at least be able to pick out at the beginning of the season, pick out like two or three teams, and I'd go, all right, these people are semi-tolerable. And I would like to see like to see them go. This person is arguing about about Survivor like they own the show. If Jeff Je- Jeff Probst, if you are calling from the nine two zero, I apologize. Please call in. We would love to hear from you. I'm not bad mouthing your game. I'm just saying it's not 
for me. I don't enjoy those are, it. Those are also the shows, though, that it doesn't really matter how many seasons there are. Like, you can hop in whenever you want. You know, right? Like, yeah. sur- like Survivor. I don't think I started watching that until like season thirty. Like, I, I didn't I didn't wow. watch I didn't watch all the early ones. It was just like the last like five years or so I've watched. Yeah, yeah and, and again, I have nothing against the Amazing or uh, <laughs> against Survivor. I don't know this. <laughs> this person is, uh, you know, the same people created the, the games, so it's cool. You know, Bertram Van Muster is still making all his money. Jeff Probst is still making all his money, uh, even if I'm not watching. So it's okay, and I'm not telling you not to watch. Oh, the Biggest just, Loser. That's another one that just came up. Yeah, I watched it the first season. Me, um, my mom used to love that show when I was little. Did she really? Yeah, that used to be a show. We, well, I, what was her name? What's the trainer's name? Do you, do you know at all? I I have no idea. I, I think they Jillian, had some at the Jillian, beginning. Jillian, Jillian, oh, was it some, Jillian Michaels? Something. Yeah, my mom yes, really Jillian liked her. Michaels. Yeah, my mom liked her. So that was that was on a lot. Yeah, she's a very attractive woman. Yeah, she. Uh, my mom did her like her workout. But yeah, I know my mom was a fan of her. Wow, that was a good show. No, I didn't. Pretty, pretty good. I didn't like that show. Yeah, it I mean, was, I, that, that wasn't something I watched on my own. But watching it with my mom, that was that was pretty good. Like my mom, did you make your exercise during it? <laughs> no, um, you didn't see. You guys didn't sit there and eat like brownies and ice cream sundays while you were watching it, did you? <laughs> just to just to taunt via via the <laughs> exactly. television, the poor contestants. That's horrifying. Um, <laughs> that would be so bad. No, I well, I I you know I knew of the show. And I watched a few episodes, but then I started reading about all these these poor people who went on there and they lost an enormous amount of weight. And then once they didn't have the the structure of the show, it all they came back. It was, back. Yeah. yeah, I was like, ah, this is or this is or it's sad. the people who like get eliminated in the first week and they go on yeah, there really? and they lose like five pounds and that's it. And then they and they are truly the biggest loser. That's now, literally now the, the show. Exactly. <laughs> um, the 920 checking back in. No worries. Let's talk more Jeopardy. My brother was a contestant in October 2011. He got railroaded by a super champ. Oh, wow. Taping was interesting, though. Jeopardy, I think Jeopardy is one of those shows where if you were actually on Jeopardy, it'd be a whole lot harder than if you were than playing at home. That's, like, that's how some... I feel with Family Feud. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like when you're in the moment and you get asked the question, like it is definitely so much more tough than just being on your couch and having time to think. Well, sure, because it's for now. I will say this, and I'll tell the story. We got to take a quick break, but I'll tell. I've actually been on three game shows. Oh, there you go. Oh yeah, one on all of them. Oh, but it is undefeated. Undefeated. I retired on top. I went out. I got my three oh. rings and I bailed. That was it. Um, wasn't hometown hero Screech Powers, Dustin Diamond, a boot camp star? Oh, is that celebrity fitness boot camp or something like that? That was another one. I didn't, uh, you know. There were so many. I also didn't watch Rock of Love. So, you know, I don't know who uh, Brett Michaels got in the back of the tour bus. I have no idea. Another reality dating show. If you want to talk game shows, I'd love to hear your favorites. 855-616-1620. And if you were ever a contestant, please jump on and tell your story. We'd love to hear from you. Let's do this, and then I'll share mine on WTMJ. 
Ryan Noonan, WTMJ Nights. A few more minutes. We're talking game shows. It's National Game Show Day. Um, whether it's the dating game. I saw a very interesting uh, documentary the other night. It was about, uh, it was called The Game Show Show, and they were talking about um, Chuck Barris, who was an executive at ABC and then decided he was going to develop some game shows, and he developed The Dating Game, which proved so popular during the day that they moved it to nighttime, and then The Dating Game begat the newlywed game because with The Dating Game being such a hit, they said to Chuck Barris, well, we need another game. And he went, well, all right, what's the natural progression? And it's dating, and then you get married, and it's the newlywed game. And um, they did show the the infamous clip from the newlywed game where uh, Bob Eubanks said to somebody, what is the most unusual place you've made whoopee? And, well, you'll have to look it up yourself if you don't already know. I bet you can imagine. Um, but yeah, I was telling... Now, you said Family Feud. Uh, this is just this is a little flex for you, Justin, because I'm always trying to uh, you know, elevate myself in your eyes. So you, th- you know, <laughs> don't just figure I'm just some goofball who's doing this show. Uh, who's the host of Family Feud right now? Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey. Uh, Steve Harvey, for years and years and years, a uh, stand-up comedian on the road, working hard. Uh, who... Justin, here's a Steve Harvey trivia question. Who drove, who once drove Steve Harvey to the emergency room in Little Rock, Arkansas, after Steve cut his hand on a broken window at the front door of a comedy club condominium? Wow, no way. Way? Wow. So if he saw you, so if he saw you, would he recognize you? Uh, I would probably remind him, we worked together a number of times back in the day. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, he and he complimented me oh. because not that time, another time we were working somewhere else because I polished my shoes before the show. Oh, he's a big fashion guy. He's all about da- being dapper. Yeah, he's like, he is. Noonan, I like that you polished your shoes. Wow, that's awesome. That's right. That's sweet. So, that's sweet. But that's that I was never on Family Feud. But do you remember when it like in two thousand when Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Was the oh, yeah. thing, yeah. Where Regis, you know, Regis had his own clothing line because yeah. the game was so famous, uh-huh. and th- that was a great. I loved watching Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. It was amazing. Well, two thousand. Once that was a big hit, everybody was trying to get game shows on the air, and uh, there was a show called Greed on Fox, hosted by the great Chuck Woolery. I had just moved to Los Angeles. It was uh, Halloween of 1999 when I arrived in Los Angeles. I talked to a buddy of mine, and he was like, oh, yeah, I just came, uh, I just taped a, a game show. He goes, I won 10 grand. I'm like, really? What's going on? He goes, well, um, I'll give you the number you can call. They're looking for contestants. It hasn't been picked up yet, but they're doing some episodes and blah, blah, blah. So I had been in town in L.A. for a week. And I got a call back, and they said, "Yes, we have a, you know, we want you to come in and be part of the audition for this game show." I was like, "All right." So we only had one car. Our second car had broken down on the way to Los Angeles, right before we left for Los Angeles, actually. 
and my wife and daughter and my dad, who had flown out to help us get settled, and mostly because he wanted to see Los Angeles, uh, had come out. So they drove me down to Burbank, and they went and did some stuff, and they dropped me off, and I auditioned, and I made the cut to go on the show Greed. And if you've ever been wondering what it's like to be on a game show, it is actually, it's, it's pretty fascinating because the audition was, you know, we sat there and of course they give you a quiz and you have to answer the questions. And if, and then they kind of weed some people out based on if you got enough answers correct or if you're a numbskull. So I made the first cut because contrary to uh, Justin's belief, I am not a numbskull. I get to the next, so now the, the, about half of the audition group is there. And then they start talking to people. And I had only been in L.A. a week. I didn't remember my address and stuff. So they were asking me these questions, and I was like, I honestly don't know. I just moved here, and I've only been here a, a few days, and I can't really remember my address. Uh, my wife and, and three-year-old daughter, my dad had to drop me off to be here, so I don't even know where I am. And they must have thought that was, you know, a good enough story. They were looking for people with, my buddy said, they want people with big personalities because they're trying to get this show picked up. So I get the call. Hey, you're, you've been selected. Come down. We're going to, uh, we're going to do all this. Long story short, because we're running out of time, I get on the show. I won big money. Enough money where it was it. We were able to put a down payment on a house in Los Angeles. Then I got on a show called Russian Roulette, which is on the Game Show Network, and I did another show called On the Cover. Then I retired undefeated. Right now, I'm going to stop talking so Justin doesn't get mad on WTMJ Nights. Thanks for listening and being part of the program. We'll talk to you again next week. Have a wonderful rest of your night. Brewers Weekly with Dominic Catronio coming up on the other side. Justin, always a pleasure. We'll talk to you later. Have a great one. Bye.